must adore him, Christ the Lord. Lord, indeed, mystery of mysteries, that the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, will come down to earth as a man to save his people from their sins. Lord, there is no greater love than this. Lord, that is a love that you have lavished on us. Lord, it's a taste of the love that we will experience through all eternity. That in Christ Jesus, all the promises are yes. Lord, that you bestow upon us for ages to come glorious riches, God. So for this, you deserve to be praised and thanked and honored. Lord, it would be wrong for us to come through this Christmas season and not once thank you for how awesome and wonderful you are and the glorious deeds that you've done for us. So we give you thanks and we give you praise. You're indeed the best father anyone has ever had. We pray that you would open your word to us, Lord, because we know that there's riches here. We know that there's truth that applies to our life that's necessary for us. Lord, we need it, and it's your gift to us. So, Lord, let us enjoy your word now. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can just stand right there if you want. Ted, you want to read the scripture? and. This was the first year, or the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was a household and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the end. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them. <clears throat> and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. Okay. You guys can come over here and we'll talk, I'll show you the candles again. You, and you, okay, do you remember? One of the candles was we lit was the candle of hope. And we, that's because we, the people that used to wait for Jesus to come and they hoped in him. And now we hope in that he's coming again. The next candle that we lit was the candle of love. How much does God love us? 
<laughs> a lot, doesn't he? So much that he, he came to earth and gave us, yeah, really loves us. He even gave his life for us, didn't he? Okay. And in doing that, he brings us joy. And today we're lighting the candle that brings peace. And so I'm going to light this. No, the white one is the Christ candle, and we light that tomorrow night to celebrate his birth. So this is the peace candle, and we'll light it this, this, this morning. Or maybe we'll light it. There we go. I know, it takes a while, doesn't it? And thank you for asking those questions this morning, okay? Now you can go on to junior church. Oh, wow. Okay, well, you, why don't you go do that now? She was very concerned about the fourth candle was not lit. <laughs> so she wanted to make sure it got lit this morning. This morning, the scripture is the same scripture that we had from last week, uh, primarily uh, with the idea of understanding that, that that scripture is the one that speaks both of the, the joy and the peace. And so uh, Luke chapter 2 is where we, we focused. Uh, the two key verses that we're looking at in the gospel of Luke chapter 2 is Verse 10, where, he, where the angel says, I bring you good news uh, of great joy. And that was our focus last week, the idea of the great joy of, of Christ and, and, and what he has done for us uh, and, and the reality of how we as a, as a culture, we pursue joy, but it's rather, as I mentioned last week, fleeting. You know, we find it in glimpses and in, 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 in bits. Uh, maybe certain days, certain events where we'll say that was a joyous occasion or we, we celebrated and we had a good time. That was a joyous day. And the list of uh, events that I wrote down for me, I was thinking was, well, my wedding day. That was a joyous day. It was a great celebration. Uh, the first home that we bought. Uh, our first child born, and then, uh, and then the joy of all of our children being born, and our grandchildren. And uh, then there's the one that I, didn't, I didn't get to mention last week was the idea of even the joy of retirement. Uh, and uh, we do look forward to that with anticipation and thinking that, uh, of, of positive things about it. Well, peace which is where we focus today, comes from verse 14 of the same chapter, chapter 2 of Luke. On earth, peace among those with whom he, God, is pleased. And peace is also something that we seek after. And I would have to say it's also fleeting. It's something that we, we grasp a hold of now and then. And we might say peace in the sense of, of what's around us, Certainly, as we look at the context of peace around the world, uh, we don't uh, see any physical evidence of that. In fact, the song that was being played for uh, uh, the offering, uh, the, talking about the Christmas bells on Christmas, ringing on Christmas Day, and the fact that you know, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, and the next verse uh, talks about looking around and saying, but I don't see the peace on earth. 
And uh, yet Jesus spoke very directly of joy and peace as something his followers could have. In John chapter 15, Jesus says in verse 11, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. The idea of full is, is, is uh, complete, satisfying. That, that you, you, a sense of, of, of joy that says, I, I can rejoice. In fact, Paul writes about that joy in such a way that he says, rejoice in the Lord occasionally. Again, rejoice once in a while. And you're all shaking your heads at me, and you know I'm being silly. Uh, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And that reality that Paul says, this is, this is a mindset that I'm to have. And yet I look at Paul's life. Shipwrecked. Beaten. You know, uh, left for dead outside of one city that he was preaching in. Arrested multiple times. And finally executed, martyred for his faith. But even in prison, Paul would write, I count it joy. In fact, I found a joy I can do with little or I can do with much. doesn't make any difference. That's not the source of my joy, he would say. Jesus also tells us uh, that there's a peace that we're supposed to have. In chapter 16 of John, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. And again, with this idea of something that we can have and hang on to that, that is substantial, and, and yet we look around the world and, and we, we see so much confusion, so much sadness, so much grief, and we wonder, is there any peace to be found anywhere? You survey the world and, and uh, again, with this idea of peace and joy, uh, and, and people would say, where is it? I remember as I wrote it down, the way I wrote it down here on my notes, I was thinking of that old uh, commercial, where's the beef? You remember the commercial? The, the, and, and people, you know, as, as a pastor might be preaching peace and joy, somebody could legitimately sit and say, looking around the world, and say, where's the peace? Where's the joy? But there is a biblical picture when we look at peace that Jesus is speaking of, the joy that he speaks of. Now, I'm going to contrast something for you so that you can kind of grasp where I'm going with this. Again, Jesus wrote, These things I have spoken to you that you may have peace. Yet in Luke chapter 12, verse 51, he, he spoke It said, Do you think I've come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. There are people that actually will pick those verses out to say that there's great contradiction in the Scripture. Jesus says, I bring peace. Angels say he brings peace. And then he says, here, no, I bring, I bring uh, uh, division. In fact, in, in Matthew, he actually uses the word sword in the same context, in the same verses, the same speech. 
And Jesus was speaking basically at that point of what would happen as people started to receive him. I don't know how many of you have experienced uh, situations in, amongst family and or friends as you've uh, proclaimed Christ, uh, and sometimes uh, it has put a, a, a distance between you and some friends, possibly between you and some family members. I've known people uh, that, uh, well, Kathy and I went to, to school with a couple of, of uh Ethnic, you know, ortho, you know, Orthodox Jewish people. They had raised in Orthodox uh, Jewish homes, and when they accepted Christ as their Savior, one of them was literally pronounced dead by her father, and refused to have her name spoken in the home. And until he passed away, she was not welcome in the home. And even after that, it was difficult for her mom. Her mom did embrace her again, but it was still, uh, there was never a peace between her and her dad. There was division. And yet, Jesus says there is a peace that we are to have. And so obviously, we begin to understand, and Jesus actually tells us, not as the world gives. It's not a peace that we can find from the world. It's not a peace that we'll find in the circumstances of the world, and it's not a peace that we're going to find really uh, in, in any single situation or single person or obtaining or, re, or achieving any specific goal. The peace that Jesus is speaking about is a peace that comes from deep inside. I'm very cautious to use the word inner peace <laughs> because it, it creates such a, a tone with, uh, with so many different uh, religions that uh, talk about practicing inner peace by emptying your mind and the various other things that you can do. And that's not the, the inner peace, the peace that Christ talks about. If anything, the peace that Christ talks about is a filling of your mind with the Scripture and, and, and meditating on these things and reflecting on the things of God. Look around and... Uh, Back when they had the bookstore up there in, in Eureka, the big store there at the mall, you could go over to what was called, you know, big letters, you know, self-help. And you could go over and find literally hundreds and hundreds of books, tapes, DVDs, CD-ROMs, on all the different things that if you would just, uh, you know, listen to these about positive thinking uh, one of them uh, I remember reading, and, and I wrote it down on a note that I still had in, in, in something, and it said, speak peace to yourself, speak health to yourself, speak financial success to yourself. And the idea of, of, of as you start to think this way, it will become the way things are around you. Um, there's nothing wrong with dwelling on the things that are positive and good, and, and, and Paul even talks about. But when he's speaking about those things, he's thinking about heavenly things, on the things that, that God has brought and God has done for us. And so there is uh, this desire in our world for peace, but it's clearly not found in the world. And as I was mentioning last week about joy as well, there are things that are out there to steal our peace, to steal our joy. 
And I thought I made a list of them. One of the things, obviously, that steals our peace. And I was watching a, a I love to watch the, the Christmas Carol, Dickens' Christmas Carol. And there's, I don't know how many versions of it out there. And uh, there's one out there that's rather interesting with Sterling Hayden in it, and it was made in 1964, and he actually plays the Scrooge figure in it. But it's a modern setting, and one of the things that robs his peace is the death of his son in war. And so I put that on my list. War robs our peace. Health can rob our peace, peace of mind and our joy. Uh, weather, I, I, don't, I was not in this this last uh, week, uh, yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me, but my daughter and my wife and granddaughter got caught in it. They got just past CR, and all of a sudden they were in a whiteout in, in, in Eureka. And ahead of them, you know, there was a car that spun and was blocking the road one way. There was another car that went off the road and, and into the bank. There was another car that actually rolled. Um, you know, weather can rapidly, you know, draw away from your peace and joy at the moment uh, in various ways. Power goes out. You ever get, you know, when the power goes out when you, and you're told, you know, you, after about 15 minutes you start... You know, wondering when it's going to go back on. And then you hear across your, 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 your wind-up radio, you know, uh, they sell those, no. Uh, <laughs> commercial time, no. Or I should have just brought one, and then I could have done it with product placement, yeah. Um, but they, uh, uh, you know, and you're listening to your weather band, and then they say, oh, and, and, and in such and such a district, the power is going to be out for nothing less than 36 hours. And you're sitting there saying, oh, that's where I live. Yeah. You get very impatient with things, and our peace and our joy seem to be disrupted so easily. And, and anything that disrupts the continuity of what we think is, is moving well seems to rob us. The biggest thief of all is death. Many of us want to anticipate that. We don't spend a lot of time anticipating it. It's not something our culture wants to talk about at all. And death comes in many forms. We can lose a child, lose a spouse, a parent, grandparent, friend. And what I end up looking at is that if I just look at it strictly from the world's point of view, it's not only fleeting, it's a pretty bleak picture. And the idea of you know, wanting to have this, this, this peace that comes from inside to, you know, in me, I, it's something that I want to have, I want it to be there. And I know even in the world as people are looking for it, it's the right track. The problem is that they're on the wrong train.
on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. You see, there's a qualification here. It's not peace on earth, goodwill toward men, nice Christmas card. That's great. It's peace on earth among those with whom he, God, is well pleased. And so my next question was, how do I please God? Because I know that in Romans chapter 11, verse 7, the Jewish nation, the Israelites, wanted to please God, but it says they didn't obtain it. But it says the elect did. And so I'm trying to find this distinction. What makes the distinction? And one of the key verses for me came uh, from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he believes and, and, and rewards those who seek him. So, it starts with God, opening my eyes and, and, and seeing him and having faith in him. And it says very specifically, faith that he, what, exists and that if you seek him, he'll reward you. And it's, it's extremely clear in Scripture. I say it probably every other Sunday. If you seek him, you will find him. Absolute promise. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But as you seek him, as you believe in him, and as your faith is established, you begin, you are, are a person that you could say, I'm among those who God is pleased. Peace, joy with God, in God. Why did the Israelite nation, the Israel nation, miss it. They didn't obtain it. What happened during Paul's time that Paul would write that? It's because they refused the way God chose to deliver it. They refused his revelation. Think about it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who is it speaking of? Jesus goes on to say that all things that were created were created through him. There isn't anything that is created that was not created through him. Then in verse 14 of John chapter 1, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then very clearly in the same chapter, John chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Only the Son of God has seen the Father, and he reveals him to us. That's God's revelation. Jesus says distinctly, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, in John chapter 14. So God is pleased with those who have placed their faith 
I'm going to put it this way, in the one whom he identified as his son. That's how the pleasing and the placing, the placing your faith in God's promises. That's what it was really talking about in chapter 11 of Hebrews. All the people of faith who had been waiting on God's promises. Now we see it, Jesus Christ, his promise. Yeah, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, revealing the Father. You receive the Son who will please the Father. In fact, it's interesting. God, you know, uh, has it, at, at Jesus' baptism in John chapter 3, very clear picture of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit together. It says that Jesus standing there at his baptism, the Holy Spirit coming to him and on him as a dove, and God speaking from heaven, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Do you see the connection? Those who were waiting for the Son who would, would, would accomplish this were in faith with God. They waited and, and they were blessed. They were called and, 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 and it says that they, they, they waited in faith and that God recognized them as his children. Now it comes, it happens, becomes flesh. And John even sees the, the, the proof. This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. And as we rest in him, God becomes pleased with us. He doesn't become pleased with us because we go to church, although I believe that causes him to be blessed when we come with the right attitude. If we come to church with the intent of just uh, accomplishing a task of saying, oh, I, I, that, 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 my checklist for God, or just the idea of belonging to a church for some people, I was in a, a congregation that was finally, after oh, well over 100 years, deciding to update their, their membership book. And they sent out letters to uh, well over 150 people that hadn't been in, in church for, for years. And some of them came back, you know, no, no address, nothing else. Some got one phone call from a guy in Sacramento. This was down in the San Joaquin Valley, from a guy in Sacramento. And he just lit right into me. And I didn't really even know what was going on. I had just got, uh, just got on staff. You know. He says, the nerve of you guys to think you can take my name off the roll list. That's my home church. That's where I was baptized. And I, and, 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 and I said, well, what about the church? He said, I don't go to another church. That's my church. And he says, don't you dare. And he was serious. Take my name off that list. What do you say to that? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I know that that's not going to do him any good when he needs it. Um, it's not because of anything we do. It's because of what he has done. He emptied himself and tabernacled, tented, placed himself, you know, lived amongst us. So we begin to see as we put all this together, Jesus Christ is the source of the peace. 
God says as we place our faith in him, and it's the whole picture of his salvation through Christ, we, we have this peace. What does it say uh, let's see, in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 12? Uh, we're justified by faith. Uh, we have, if we're if, you know, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. As I start to begin to understand and rest in the peace that Christ brings through his grace and his mercy and his salvation, I actually do begin to have an inner peace. By the way, it even starts to dig away at that big thief death. You know, I, I don't have any anxiousness to be dead. In fact, I've obviously done a number of things. We've talked about this before. I've done a number of things health-wise and surgery-wise to prolong life. But I know with a confidence that the fear that death holds over the world, it doesn't hold over me. And I can actually join with, with Paul and say, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I can actually say, death, where is your sting? It's gone. Christ removed it for all who believe. And so I stand there now with, with this confidence that if I confess Jesus Christ is, is Lord, if I, if I believe that he is risen from the grave to purchase my salvation, death, burial, and resurrection, then I know that I am justified and I have peace in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. familiar with the song Isaac Watts wrote, uh, Joy to the World. And I'm not going to get into that to the, other than the fact that that piece is why he could write that song and have such a confidence. What did Jesus do to bring us peace? To put us at peace with God? To bring us a joy that, that goes beyond anything the world can comprehend? Well, Hebrews 9 says, He has appeared once for all to put away sin in its judgment by the sacrifice of himself. Death is the consequence of sin. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. But it turns right around and says, But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Isaiah 9, chapter 6, we've been into this verse several times already this last few weeks, calls him the Prince of Peace. And I, and I equated that as, as 
something interesting. As John saw Jesus, he didn't, he didn't cry out the Prince of Peace, though. He cried out the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's how he got the title, Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 9 kind of works its way around that tapestry there as well. Child is born. That's what we celebrate. That seems to become the focus of, of Christmas. But we always need to, to tie into it the full picture of that. Philippians saying that he emptied himself to be born as a man. In the flesh. John's words to tabernacle, to, to dwell amongst us. But the other phrase in there is a child is born, a son is given. I have read that over 30 years now. And this is the first season that I understood a son is given. I always tied it to a child is born, a son is given celebration at the birth of Christ. A child is born, a son is given. God gave his only son. A child is born, a son is given. Jesus said very clearly in John chapter 10, in reference to his purpose. I lay down my life. No one takes it from me. I lay it down myself that I may take it up again. Now I rephrased that just a little bit so that I could put that last phrase at the end, that I may take it up again. And coupled with that, Go to John chapter 14, his promise to us. Let not your heart be troubled, full of grief and sorrow. What's the opposite of troubled? Peace. <laughs> Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. What a promise we have. We have a peace to rest in. Our peace is Christ. It isn't what anything in this world. It's Jesus Christ and Him working in us. The Holy Spirit comforting us, strengthening us, drawing us close to the Father through Christ the Son. I ask the ushers to come and pass the communion out. I ask that all of you would hold it until we've all been served, and uh, we'll share it together.
you say it. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Who angels greet with anthem sweet while shepherds watch our keeping? This, this is Christ the King who shepherds God. Lies he in such mean estate where rocks and ass are feeding. Good Christian fear for sinners here the silent word is bleeding. Nail spear shall pierce him through the cross be born for me. Hail, hail, the Word made flesh, the babe, the Son of Mary. Alleluia, 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 God is with us. Sings her lullaby, joy, joy for 
Christ is born, the babe, the Son of Mary. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. God is with us. Alleluia. Supper, the institution of it, in the 26th chapter, starting with the 26th verse, Matthew wrote, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. goes on, and he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink it again of this, again, of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Father, once again, we come before you to say thank you. To know with confidence that you have laid down your life for us. That you have taken care of the penalty of sin. It wasn't just Set aside, it was done away with through you. You paid it completely. Your words, it is finished, ring in our ears this morning as confidence to know that it is taken care of. And so we come this morning asking, Lord, that the joy of our salvation, the peace that comes through our salvation as we rest in you, would be something that would become stronger and stronger and more evident in our lives day by day. The people around us would see a sense of joy and peace in a time when when joy and peace is so distant and so infrequent and and so fleeting and and barely able to grab onto that they might ask, as as Peter instructs us to be prepared for, that they might ask, what is it that, that you have? And that we might share, we have the peace of Christ. We have his grace, his mercy. We have his salvation. 
Thank you, Father. And we do come to you rejoicing, knowing that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And as we think and dwell on all that that means, we say thank you again. And we worship you. King of kings, Lord of lords, God of all creation, alone you are worthy of our praise. In Jesus' name, amen.